0: Welcome to Ex Libris On Air, and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book has a single name title, Lisa and under that, it says, God's unconditional love released to the life of an exceptional child. And joining me is the parent of that exceptional child, Sam Hutchison, who joins me from California. Welcome, Sam.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Jay.
0: The, this book has been out a okay. while uh, and, and been refreshed and then re-released. Uh, you uh, tell a story about a child that had uh, not only exceptional value to you, but also had some challenges. Share with my audience a little of the background yeah. of this story.
1: Oh, well, when um, me and my wife first got married in 72, and then she became pregnant right away, well, then Lisa was born in 1973, and she was born, well, at first we didn't know what was going on because her feeding and all that just didn't seem right, and so back and forth to doctors and everything, we found out that she had cerebral palsy, and uh, plus possibly retarded. So, uh, you know, on from there, we just, uh, did our best to try to take care of her and deal with the situation that she was going through
0: that's a very difficult thing for any parent to they're always concerned even when my first daughter was born uh, i didn't really know too much about her health uh, and just looking at her she looked as though she might have challenges Uh, fortunately it was something that was uh, overcomable Uh, in your situation uh, what was the the result of this how did it change your life
1: Well, at first it didn't, we were just really struggling with it because uh, she moved a lot and trying to feed her and dealing with the back and forth of doctors and trying to figure out how to cope with this. Well at the same time, me and my wife were really dealing with some hard time, you know, drugs and alcohol and and battling with that and trying to take care of her at the same time. It became a real challenge for us. So uh, as time went on, you know, it just kept getting worse and worse, and then her neck went out of whack, and they they said it was due to birth, and, you know, she could hardly turn her head to one way or another as well, you know.
0: Wow. And you, yeah. you. This book, this book was written uh, several years ago, but uh, sort of got lost in the mix. And as years progressed, your children, your current children, and uh, you decided this story really needs to be told and released again. What is the underlying theme of the book, in addition to the challenges as parents often face in a health crisis?
1: Uh, well, a lot of times, what they, they a lot of parents, you know including us, we didn't know how to deal with it or how to cope with it. And a lot of times we start blaming ourselves, being hard on ourselves and not really coping with it in the proper way. And so that's what we, we, we knew that was going on out there. There was a lot of stuff behind closed doors that me and my wife were actually going through that we know people are hiding the same situation we were. So we put ourselves out there 100%, no lies, actual accurate personal stuff that we put on there we exposed ourselves and it was kind of hard you know because you know people i just kept telling people that's not me no more but we know people were out there going through the same situation and we know and knew that their lives could be turned around like ours was
0: and your life was turned around by a faith encounter if i uh, understand the underlying story
1: Yes, we had a, a couple different events where me and my wife had Lisa in a, in a carriage. We took her, we, you know, we were out at different parks and we would come back and there would be stickers or notes on our car saying, you know, God could heal your daughter. Did you know this? We had no contact with anybody. Mm. Nobody even looked at us or whatever. And as time went on, little by little, we kept running into these situations and uh one night we ended up at a church and one thing I was sitting there the next time I was standing up in front and turning my life around and from that day forward I never touched drugs alcohol again.
0: Wow. That's that's an incredible yeah. incredible encounter that you uh, that you uh, experienced. Uh, your wife exactly. your wife did she follow in that same passion?
1: With yeah, when she looked up and she saw me standing up there, she got her, she got up and stood up there behind me and with me. And together we talked to Greg Laurie from Harvest uh, Christian Fellowship and back in the day when it was Calvary and, uh, uh, just turned our lives around and we could see how looking for healing for my daughter was what we were actually doing when we went there to begin with. And, how it turned our lives, it came healing in our lives through drugs, alcohol, and abuse.
0: Wow, that's been almost yeah. fifth, almost fifty not quite fifty years, but uh, certainly an extended period of time the The right. story of your wife and your relationship uh, also changed during that period, and unfortunately, she is not available to talk with us because cancer uh, interrupted that life relationship as well, correct?
1: Yes, uh, as time went on through the 80s, uh, uh, right around 88, 89, uh, she started having lumps and different t- situations going on. And so one thing led to another, and ended up having, you know, breast cancer. So So we went through the process of chemo and back and forth, and as time went on, it looked like everything was healed. Well, it metastasized into her bone, and it went through her whole body. So we battled it for five years and uh, to a point where she was bedridden, couldn't walk, and this one day passed away that in ninety two.
0: That's that's an incredible uh, outcome of uh, your relationship. Yes. the the story because, itself yeah, though deals only, with Lisa. She, yes, yes,
1: yeah, she was only thirty eight years old when she passed wow. away.
0: Wow. Yeah, your your book deals primarily with the the Lisa encounter or the Lisa years. Uh, what what is the yes. what was the status of that? How does this book? Uh, what what is the outcome of this book? And what do you hope to achieve by sharing your story?
1: Uh, Our biggest goal, like I said, was to help people behind closed doors that are going through abuse, drugs, alcohol, to let them know that their lives can be turned around as well. But our lives was used through an exceptional child like Lisa, and there are people out there with exceptional childs that are through some kind of handicap, are battling with it mentally and sometimes even physically, and using drugs and alcohol to comprehend their lives and and you know to hide what they're really feeling. So we wanted to let them know that their lives can be changed around totally one hundred percent. And that's how Lisa was. Uh, we realized through her the look in her eyes when she would look at us, that we seen the love and the peace and joy, and she went away peacefully.
0: Wow. Uh, incredible story, and it uh, took a lot of, I'll say, courage. I could use the word guts, I guess, uh, to, to share this story. It's, it certainly is remarkable. And uh, Greg Laurie yeah. has become a rather high-profile national ministry, if I understand his path.
1: Oh, yes. And uh, he, he even came when she was in her last days in the hospital. He came out with a, one of his assistant pastors. And they prayed over my little Lisa when she ended up with, uh, we had to start feeding the air through her belly because she kept aspirating the food into her lungs and causing pneumonia Hmm. so she ended up with pneumonia and ended up in loma linda hospital her last days and greg and his buddy came out and prayed over her they he held her on stage and dedicated her to the lord and everything else and it was just amazing how he was so supportive had the books when they originally came out in his bookstore Uh, he did everything possible to help us he was a great great guy
0: incredible story on its own. How many pages are in this book that uh, shares your story and uh, Lisa's story?
1: Uh, There's probably a 100 and not quite 200, I don't think. Let me see here real quick. But, uh, yeah, but uh, one of the last things, well, not the last things, but something I'd like to share, which I share with a lot of people, to let people know there is approximately 200 pages. Okay. Yeah, is towards after she passed away, um, my brother in law, which was Becky's brother, uh, wrote a poem about uh, a butterfly being in a cocoon and how butterflies start out in a cocoon and they're just kind of locked up in that little ball of a thing that they're inside of and that's how lisa's body was she was locked up in that with her handicap and everything else and then she was released like a butterfly Mm. well at the service when he was reading that the biggest butterfly out of nowhere came and landed on the coffin finished the poetry the butterfly flew away Wow. It was the only butterfly that touched our lives. It just showed us how she was, we were in a cocoon, she was in a cocoon, and how hers released us released yourself.
0: That's that's a beautiful analogy and a beautiful event in in spite of the sorrow that must have been there. Is there right. is there uh, anything that was difficult about writing this? I I know from conversation this book was released at one time in an earlier time period. Uh, getting right. it back in print again was that a challenge was there something that uh, maybe you didn't anticipate that you had to overcome?
1: Uh Just being, uh, you know, uh, exposing myself to who I was back in the day, it was the hardest thing because I'm not even near any of that in my life. I'm not abusive. I'm not drugs, alcohol, but I was such a bad person back in those days, and I mean, I just kept falling back and back. I was, when I found out the results of my Lisa originally, I banged on the doors with my fists, and I just became a really, really harsh guy. I just started drinking more and everything else. So that was so hard, because then I became a Christian, and I turned my life around, and I had to let people know and expose myself that's how I was. But I'm not that no more, and that was the hardest part, to let people know don't be afraid of me. I'm not that person no more.
0: Wow. And you have two other yeah. children, Christina and David. How, how did they respond yes. to the book when they uh, knew its details? Oh, they,
1: they, they love it because uh, their mother passed away when they were very young, and so they get to, over time, they got to understand how we were and how they never wanted to go in their lives, which they never did in their you know in their 40s now, and they never went down that path. And uh, they had a story Strong, strong backbone, and really trusted me and my my wife even up to the point she when she passed away. Uh, that's that they love the book. They that's loved beautiful. the book.
0: That's beautiful. The title of the book again yes. is Lisa. And it's a yes. uh, a book that is named after a daughter that challenged, changed, and inspired your life and your wife's life, L-I-S-A. Yes. It is God's unconditional love released through the life of an exceptional child. And I'm sure yes. through writing and sharing this, you're going to impact many lives and help them through difficult times as well. Uh, Sam, where do my listeners get a copy of your book?
1: Uh, on Amazon,
0: Amazon. Uh, I think Barnes and Noble's or, might ex, carry
1: it. or the publishing company ex- ex- Exileblurs. So how do you ever say it? But I know it's on Amazon, and there's. On this uh, really cool video. It shows us like we were almost at Woodstock at one time, the way they got the video going with it before, the, uh, you know, to help promote the book. It's pretty cool.
0: Fantastic. But it
1: is on Amazon.
0: Fantastic. And I guess that's on YouTube. I did some searching, and I think I came across it. Uh, again, okay. the book is Lisa. The authors, yeah. you can look up by name, uh, Becky Rowe. Hutchison and sam Hutchison, that's h-u-t-c-h-i-s-o-n and uh, you'll find yep. this book and uh, you'll also be able to keep in touch possibly through social media and find out how life is progressing for sam sam thank you for sharing your story today and blessings on you and yours as you share uh your journey of faith and also one of personal healing
1: Thank you so much, and God bless you for the opportunity to share my testimony and Lisa's testimony as well, bro. Thank you so much.
0: Fantastic. Well, for Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Congratulations on getting your book
2: published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O
3: dot com.
0: back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title, A Gift for Mrs. B. And joining me is the author, Brenda Biddle Booker. Welcome to the program, Brenda. Thank you, Jay. And it's a sequel, I understand. You have another book that's been published. Uh, You are on track to become a, um, um, hopefully, from your perspective, a well-known author. The other books, uh, share with my listeners a little of what you've done in the past from an authorship standpoint.
4: Um, My first book, Jay, was entitled Sarah Found It First, and then... The next book is a sequel to that, and it's called A Gift for Mrs. B. Um, They are time travels, multiple time travels, and a lot of romance in there. Hmm. A lot of different emotions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you uh, have started on this journey a while back uh, as an author, of course, and your history, you were in the military and served in Vietnam, if I understand your your history with the United States Air Force.
4: Uh, no, sir. Not in Vietnam. Not
0: in Vietnam. Okay. In the
4: Air Force during Vietnam. During I was the Vietnam. state Stateside, MedTech.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still serving your country, and I congratulate you on that. And and certainly am delighted that you're now an author. The gift for Mrs. A gift for Mrs. B. Who is Mrs. B? And uh, from my overview, I think it has to deal with uh, with uh, the history. A hundred and fifty years ago. Is that? Uh, am I understanding the storyline correct?
4: Yes, they, the, the two books coincide and work together, and I actually started, Sarah found it first back in 1996. Mm. I only wrote about four chapters, and then um, the fall of 2018, a friend of mine said, you need to drag it out and start on it and see how, how it goes, so... Didn't have anything going on, and I—that's what I did—and started writing, and it just flowed. So beautiful. Then, when after I wrote the first one, people were asking for the sequel, friends and family, and so I continued it.
0: You uh, kind of indicated the story. Uh, almost wrote itself. It it was one that just flowed from a creative standpoint or a creative uh, part of your of your uh, personality. Is that a good way to describe your writing style?
4: Yeah, yes, that sounds that sounds good. Um, I'm trying to think what I want to say here. Um, it's just imaginary, uh, and I just wanted something lighthearted that people could identify with because. A lot of people, you've heard them say, oh, I wish I was born 100 years ago, or wish I was born 100 years from now, and it's just your imagination and let your imagine- imagination flow, and that's how I wrote it, and that's how I want people to conceive it and let their imaginary- imaginations go, and... Think about it and what causes the time travel and what could it be? And they'll, other people will think of, oh, it could be this, it could be that. And I just, I want people to use their imaginations
0: about the book. Beautifully put. There is a lot of curiosity about time travel. I mean, it's been uh, mentioned in many novels and in science fiction specifically. Why did you choose going back in time travel to the 150 years ago uh, time frame?
4: Well, the characters actually, different characters travel forward in time, and some go back. I think I chose the Old West to go back to. Uh, I chose a setting of Colorado, which I've never been to. It is on Uh my bucket list. Wow. But uh, I did that. Growing up, my dad and I used to watch a lot of Westerns, and I still like Westerns, the old Westerns. So I wanted to... Bring that into the book on uh, my perspective because it was something that I enjoyed growing up uh, and coming forward what would what would it be like for somebody from that time frame to come forward in time and all the technology and how would they cope with living in a new world? Mm. how would we cope going back in time and not having electricity and telephones and just anything you can think of that we have now that we didn't have back then
0: Um, amazing antibiotics
4: that goes on and on you know we've come a long way in 150 years
0: absolutely uh, agree with that and looking back there are some amazing things that actually did happen in the past or were projected for the future in fact i read somewhere that a computer of uh, at least not like today's computer but a computer was actually invented and operational in the 1800s at some point Uh, it was a long ways from what we have now but it was a calculating computer of some type the uh oh my the, the characters that you have is lily your main character in this novel
4: um it begins with lily in this in this novel she's in the first novel and she's in the second novel. Um, Mrs. B was actually Lily's babysitter in the first book and had a very small part and then when Mrs. B, Meredith uh, Byers, uh, goes back in time. She is 88 in our world, and when she goes back, she's approximately twenty-five. Hmm. Uh, she's a retired nurse in our time, and when she goes back, she ends up in Gettysburg right before the Civil War, just a couple of days before. So, I try to interject what she would do with her nursing skills during the Civil War.
0: It's an interesting idea. And what
4: would what would that be like?
0: Did you need to do research in order to get the specific details correct in the, the, the setting or not?
4: Yes, I did I did some research um, And keeping in mind, this is imaginary. So some things I kind of tweaked a little bit mm-hmm. and to make them fit into the story a little more realistically. and it's, it was just a fun, fun book to write both of them, um, and I, I'm hoping that the readers, can, This it's so chaotic right now in the world, and I just want them to be able to pick up these books and sit back and relax and read them and enjoy, because it's, it's all imagination, and just have fun with it. It's, um,
0: yeah, we, we need escape right now, and uh, I uh, yeah. in this particular time of uh, of human history, the the book mm-hmm. itself. It, it, did it take you very long to complete the second novel?
4: It did not actually. The first one took me once I got started on it. It probably took me about six months. Um, not of course getting it published and all that, but sure getting it written and all that, probably about six, maybe seven months. And then the second one, I wrote that in about two months, uh, just went very quickly because I already had in my mind what I was going to do, and I didn't have that nervous <laughs> question in my mind, what in the heck am I doing, <laughs> because <laughs> I've never written a book. right? But uh, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed writing them both. And uh, like I said, I just hope the readers can pick it up and just sit back on a Sunday afternoon and relax and read it and get some chuckles and and uh, think back when they were a child and, and what did you want to do when you were a child? Did you realize your dreams or didn't you? And. and uh, I just put a lot of m- emotion into it. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned that there is a love story element to it, uh, action, and certainly, oh, uh, certainly ah, adventure. Yes. We right? gotta have love stories. Yes, Lots
4: I... of love stories in there. Are they <laughs>
0: are they rated PG or G or are they a little more adult?
4: Oh, well, my eleven <laughs> year old's reading them right now. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, she's <laughs> she's advanced, you know, as far as reading, maybe, but um, it. I think it's perfectly proper you know for young teens to read it
0: Mm -hmm. beautiful and uh was there a a, uh part of the story as the adventure and the imagination was carrying you carrying you that it took you to a place you weren't expecting there may be something that will surprise the reader as they are uh, carried along in this adventure
4: oh it absolutely could it absolutely could um I did not realize myself what I was going to do in the next chapters. and It just came along and I just kept imagining more things that could have happened and what would this person say and what would they do in a certain situation in a different time and it... Um, it just flowed for me. I don't know how to describe it other than that. I'm like I say, I'm new at this, so um, as far as writing, but uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed writing it and I I used the character's names and of course I didn't put full names in there or I might have adjusted the name a little bit, but used family names, I used friends' names and that uh gave those particular readers they they're looking for their name. <laughs> my name in this book you know did aunt brenda put this in there and uh when they find it i'm getting all these texts and comments and everything and now they're saying "Are you gonna write a third one i say uh i don't know we'll see how these two go but oh, wow uh, that, fun, fun times.
0: That's very exciting. As a as an author, that must be rewarding to hear the responses you're getting. Uh, as uh, you have uh, described this, it also includes the 21st century. How far advanced does it go? Is it just current time, or a little bit further ahead?
4: About about this time, mm-hmm. very, about 2019, and have not. I sort of thought about if I do write another novel if that could take somebody into the future. I always love Star Trek and all those kind mm. of movies. Uh which Star Trek is mentioned in there. And um I I just I'm not sure yet if I'm gonna write another one or not. I might for my own, you know, satisfaction. Mm. Uh it it all depends. It it's depends on where these two books go.
0: You also have written a children's book, so uh, writing is certainly yes. a passion for you at this point in your life. Is there anything that was a challenge about this particular novel, uh, a gift for Mrs. B, that you didn't anticipate or didn't see uh, coming up, but you overcame it for this production?
4: I Well, I live near Gettysburg, which is where she goes back, so I grew up in this area, and when you grow up in an area that's very uh how can I say this everywhere you go it's the reenactment or um, things about Gettysburg and what happened during that war and Gettysburg's a very small town, hmm. but uh it's just full of things, full of history. Uh, great place to take the kids, your kids, to learn about that part of history. My granddaughter actually said they spent one day on the Civil War. Wow. One day in, in school, which surprised me that because of living this close. Mm. But difficulties, well, I wanted to get most of the facts correct. So I did have to do that investigation and everything and and talk to different people about things, um, what they thought, and got some ideas kicking around. But mostly, I didn't want anybody to read the manuscripts until I had it done and published. I just felt like I wanted to wait because I didn't want to get a lot of people's input I wanted to be my story. You know what I'm saying? That yes.
0: I came up with. I, I think that's good. So, good advice for any author, actually. Very, very wise uh, to to do that. Uh, I want to say congratulations. This is the third book that you have penned. The title of which is A Gift for Mrs. B. Brenda yep. Biddle Booker has been my guest, and thank you for sharing your story. Where do we get your book, Brenda?
4: You can buy them online through the publisher, which is Ex Libris, And you can buy them online through uh, Amazon, and Walmart has them online. Um, All three of them are on there. The children's book is called The Story of the Corn Fairy, and it's. It's good for up to about an eight- or nine-year-old. An eight-year-old eight could easily read it themselves, and that's dedicated to the American farmer. Wonderful. I think we owe our farmers a lot. I grew up as a, on the farm and um, very hard workers, and I wanted to dedicate something to them. So that's, that's the children's book, man.
0: Uh, Brenda, is there anything else that we possibly have missed in describing your book?
4: I was just going to say about the challenge of keeping all the characters and dates and and in order to make the sequel flow. And it's even though it's a romantic the romantic uh, side is in there. I am amazed how many men have read this book and loved it very much. Absolutely. loved them both very much.
0: Wonderful. You were mentioning something about antiques.
4: Yes, because it has to do with a locket as well. Is that causing the time travel? Mm -hmm. Another thing for people to think about. And um, just that antique lovers need to beware. And if you find yourself transported to a different time, take your faith and take your compassion with you Uh and escape to another world for a little bit.
0: Fabulous. Thank you for sharing your story and how this book was written, a gift for Mrs. B. Brenda Biddle Booker has been my guest. We hope to hear from you in the future and are anxious to see if there's more to this tale of uh, adventure uh, going back in time and how you might use time travel for the next adventure should it uh, come about. Thank you again for being a part of today's program.
4: Thank you very much, Jay.
0: My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central
3: on AstronetRadio.com.
0: back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is Roslyn the Reluctant Rattlesnake. Joining me from near Salt Lake City, Utah, is the author Thomas Fulmer. Welcome sir, to the program.
2: Thank you, Jay.
0: Appreciate it. I'm looking at this, and uh, from, uh, you know, initial reaction, it's obviously a a book that was written for children. You have a background in uh, several areas. Uh, You have several degrees. Uh, Anthropology is one of them, and an MBA from that same university, University of Utah and yet this is something that has become a passion for you. You have shared stories with your children for a long time. You also have uh, have published some of your poetry. Would it be correct to to call this book a uh, a bit of poetic prose in the way you've told the story?
2: Yeah, because there's uh, uh rhymes within it. It is kind of poetic prose.
0: Sure, and your children, your grandchildren, have you always told stories to them? Have you always been a creative kind of uh, grandpa?
2: Yeah, in fact, it was my granddaughter Bailey, uh, my youngest grandchild, who uh, kind of stimulated the idea for... Roslyn the Reluctant Rattlesnake, and that she asked me if I could write a story about a snake. This was in uh, 2016. So Mm. I wrote it back then and just, you know, just been kind of sitting there until I recently was able to self publish it with Ex Libre.
0: The uh, main character is a rattlesnake, which uh, again I find a little bit interesting. Your granddaughter was was her curiosity about them.
2: No, I don't know but, um, why she actually wanted a rattlesnake. Maybe because she has an interest, you know, fascinated by rattlesnakes. She was she is now nine years old, so that was. Hmm about four years you know three or four years ago she was younger and my wife and I were helping to raise uh, our three of our grandchildren she was one of them yeah she just wanted a story about a rattlesnake and the idea popped into my mind about a rattlesnake that wanted to have forest friends but would had a problem because being a rattlesnake she would eat any friend that got close enough to be a you know, to even say hi. So it was uh, about a rattlesnake with a certain kind of quandary of what to do Mm. about having a friend and being a
0: rattlesnake at the same time. Was there any concern from your your perspective on writing about rattlesnakes and children, uh, how those two might fit together in a storyline?
2: Well, it's more, not not really a, a concern, it's more the book itself is ultimately about Uh, accepting yourself for who you are. Mm. And whether it be a rattlesnake or a bird, you know, or any other kind of animal, or being a person, you know, for kids to learn to accept themselves for who they are and um, accept their true nature. Just as Rosalind had to come to grips with who she was and accept herself and her role in the web of life, So, uh, must we as people come to know and accept ourselves in the web of uh, life as well as in the web of uh, society?
0: that we live in uh, she f- i'll say falls in love but at least has a uh, strong friendship with another rattlesnake named rico uh yeah uh, what what uh what did you uh, want to develop in that particular relationship other than uh, i think which is the obvious that comes out in the end of the book uh how did you uh, how did you feel about uh, sharing that story or that that romance if i could call it that
2: well rico Yeah, it does play her romantic interest, but kind of to show that there is, you know, as she wanders through the forest through her life, there are those who are like her. And Rico kind of, in a way, helps her to accept herself as a rattlesnake. She feels easier about eating other animals because Rico does, because she Mm. kind of uh, teaches her things, teaches her about the forest, uh he's kind of a mentor as well as a love
0: interest. It's a fascinating idea and and uh, what happens to Rico?
2: Rico ends up well, uh, Roslyn's resting in a field of uh, clover, he ends up disappearing. Hmm. And Roslyn fears that he may have been taken by a eagle or a hawk or something, you know, because eagles do, you know, they do uh, attack rattlesnakes, so she's worried that and that kind of breaks her heart, you know, it <laughs> It puts her in a position where she she doesn't even want to be alive anymore, hmm. where she's kind of won't eat at all, and uh, wanders through the forest, sees animals that she could eat, but she doesn't, but because she's mourning Rico, she's lost the desire to eat until she runs into the weasel.
0: Ah, and what happens with that relationship?
2: Of course, the weasels are enemies of rattlesnakes. Yes. They try to kill them, and... She has a fight, the fight of her life. You know, she has to fight for her life. By just a stroke of luck, uh, she survives and the weasel falls to his doom And because uh, they're on the rocky crag over looking a uh, river below. And he tries to kill her, of course. She's just defending herself, scared, wish, wishing that Rico was here to be her hero. Uh, but being on her own then, when she she uh, kind of gets knocked towards the tree, she latches on a tree that's overlooking the ravine. Rico jumps to grab hold of her to, to finish her off, and he falls to his doom, and she survives. And she comes to realize well, well, maybe it is worth living. Maybe I do have a purpose to fulfill. That because she survived this trial, she now does have a desire to live and fulfill her purpose in life.
0: As a first-time children's author, children's uh, book author, uh, what uh, challenges did you foresee or come across as you were doing this? I'm thinking perhaps the, uh, the illustrations. Was that difficult for you to find a person that could do the story?
2: I did not do the illustrations, as I'm sure you were, because I'm not an artist at all. Yes. I'm, I'm a writer. I actually... Had written stories for adults before I wrote this story, and I've written numerous poet- poems which occur in my poetry book from the fabric of my mind. Um, this was the first children's story that I had written, but the challenge actually, the story didn't take that long to put together, maybe, you know, and finish because I was uh, the idea came to me you know, through some kind of inspiration, that Roslyn would be this kind of rattlesnake, you know, hmm. the kind that would care about other creatures, but, you know, having them, some impulsive need to eat would eat them and then feel guilty. So that's kind of an unusual perspective of a predatory creature like a rattlesnake or any other predator nature. Hmm. But she, the story, like I said, I wanted to teach kids that, you know, come to know yourself. In fact, all of us can learn from this. Come to know who you are and accept yourself for yourself. You know, life is a journey to coming to discover who we are. And in the end, Rosalind realizes that her, her uh, function and function of any uh, animal in the forest is to reproduce. Hmm. Uh, she runs in after she survives the battle with a uh, re- uh, weasel. She runs into it. You know, it's coming fall. It's coming winter. And she runs into a rattlesnake in a cave named Mary, who invites her to stay there with her and the other rattlesnakes that are there. Because rattlesnakes, uh, it's just not exactly hibernation, but they do what's called brumation. A kind of a, they go into a dormant state. Hmm. And in these caves or burrows, or whatever, hundreds maybe even thousands of snakes and other reptiles actually who do, you know, experience brumation gather and rest out the winter. And of course as she sleeps through the winter, her babes inside of her um, are the eggs growing. Now rattlesnakes don't lay eggs like some other snakes do the eggs hatch inside of them and uh they give live birth to their to their um neonates
0: fascinating
2: and it's after surviving the cave and you know in the winter cold out there, you know, there's snow covering the, the meadow where Rico disappeared. There's deer out there that are trying to eat, that paw the ground for that nibble on the trees, uh, you know, especially winter is hard for a lot of animals who don't hibernate or who don't do you know, experience brumation like
3: reptiles. Do. Yes.
2: Then in spring, when it all melts and the birds are out and the robins come, the blue jays, uh, she she can go out and find a secluded spot to give live birth to her uh, neonates, which is just babies. And she's learned a certain amount of wisdom during her life. That uh, life is about accepting herself as a rattlesnake and realizing that to survive she does have to feed on forest animals that you know rattlesnakes feed on, hmm. and so she tells her neonates that that uh, to go forth and explore life, it's an adventure, and to accept themselves as rattlesnakes and to not feel self-conscious about eating other animals because it's their rattlesnakes, and that's what they have to do to survive. And she finds a certain amount of joy in knowing that she's produced these baby rattlesnakes who now have the chance to have a life and be part of the web of life that she is and, you know, experience their own journey through life.
0: It's a fascinating approach because of the poetic prose. I think that makes your book unique. I I don't know that I've seen any others that are in this format for children and it's about 28 pages in length, so it's not just a simple uh, poetic prose uh, approach. You have uh, a great storyline and uh, certainly characters that are developed as well. Are there books coming out in the future that will will continue this saga or do you have other ideas that uh, you're working on
2: well i have not written anything about Rosslyn beyond this but i have written six or seven other Uh, children's books phenomenal that i have not published yet or had published yet
0: i feel like we will have a chance to to talk with you about those in the future the way this one has uh, has turned out you have uh, mentioned you also had some adult books or, or adult stories have those been published yet
2: several of them have i really haven't pursued publication of my adult stories uh, some of them are. I write them, and then I need to edit them, and I haven't completely gone back and finished editing them. The the oh, the one other thing I wanted to mention about Rosalind, sure. Uh, as far as the illustrations go, you asked me about that. I had a friend uh, named Mania Khan, who is also a published poet, who drew the first six drawings on which all the drawings on the uh, in the book are based. Mm. She's a published poet from Bangladesh. She is very well known throughout the world. Her short poems, in uh, quotes, appear on plaques all over the world. On uh, You know, they appear in newspapers. They appear in advertisements. But uh, she did the first six drawings, and she also helped me with the editing. Fabulous. The original editing of the book.
0: Well, congratulations on completing this, the title of which, again, is Rosalind the Reluctant Rattlesnake, my author, Thomas Fulmer. F U L L M E R. If you're doing a search online, your local bookstore can can uh, order this in for you if it's not already on the shelves. Uh, where else can they get this, Thomas?
2: They can get it on Amazon. Uh, we're working. I'm working with Golden Ink Media into getting. Uh, they're doing some uh, publicity as well as e in. They're getting them into stores in Utah, which is where I live, and in California and it's kind of slow going because of the pandemic you know because uh i've i've heard that getting the book shipped from ingram which is produces the books has been difficult for some bookstores but like i said you can also get it on a kindle through amazon and i also have a website www.thomasfulmer.com which talks about both rosslyn Reluctant Rattlesnake, and my poetry book From the Fabric of My Mind. Uh, Rosslyn is available in two formats. It's the colored version, which has the, the pictures colored, and there's also a coloring version that kids can get to color themselves.
0: Oh, excellent idea. Excellent idea. Well, congratulations. Or we hope that we'll get a chance to visit again and talk about uh, your next project when it's completed. Again, the author, Thomas Fulmer, F U L L M E R. Do a search under his name and the website and this book should pop up to the surface and anything else he writes in the future. Thomas, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story.
2: Sure. Can I just add one other thing? Absolutely. About you're talking about future projects. Uh, most of my stories are either about nature or about science in some way. Excellent. Um, Most of my kids suck stories. Yeah, there are a few that have the rhyming prose, but others uh, do not. Uh, They kind of try to explain scientific principles in a, you know, if they're a fantastical way
0: beautiful certainly a way to educate children as well i see that's part of your uh, your information your heart your desires so thank you for sharing that with us
2: sure and i'm uh, appreciate your time jay oh, i hope people are able to enjoy the book and that kids can get something of value to the for their own lives excellent and uh, determining their course in life accepting themselves and actually you know appreciating themselves and loving themselves for who they are because in this day and age we need to have a certain amount of compassion
0: for ourselves as well as others important message and thank you for sharing that and it's obvious uh, as it comes through in your story so thanks again for being a part of today's program for ex Libras on air this is jay douglas barker